0: All right, everyone. So today we're gonna talk about coming out as polyamorous. So when do you come out? How do you come out? Who do you come out to? We're gonna cover all of that on today's episode. So stay tuned. You're talking about putting your fuck parts in my head where my brain lives. You know, in nature, only a handful of creatures made for life. But isn't that like cheating? We can't do this 24 hours a day, seven days a week.
1: Why not? The safety word is banana. It is so refreshing to be with someone who likes to fuck outside the box. Here at Touch of Flavor, we teach non-monogamous folks how to overcome their obstacles and build thriving relationships.
0: This podcast is about answering one question. How do you create loving, passionate, secure relationships outside the box, even if nothing has ever worked before? If you want to know the answer, you are in the right place.
1: All of this information is 100% free. So please subscribe to and review our podcast.
0: all right everybody so today we are talking about coming out as polyamorous and this is a question that we get all the time right because you know that decision to come out as polyamorous that's something that all of us if we're in a relationship long enough or if we're polyamorous long enough that we wind up running into right and when we do there's a lot of things that get Mixed up in that. There's a lot of feelings, there's a lot of risks, there's a lot of different things that we wind up having to balance. So, this is just an incredibly important topic.
1: Yeah, and you know, there is those risks that you just talked about, right? There is things that could go wrong, um, such as losing your job or losing, um, you know, co- connection or support from family and friends, and really that just awful feeling of rejection that can happen as well. But in spite of all that, there is so much benefit and awesomeness that can come from coming out um, because folks get to feel accepted for who they are and have their partners and relationships acknowledged.
0: Yeah, well, and I think the reason this is such an important topic, right, is because this is something and I kind of mentioned this a second ago, but this is something that anybody who is polyamorous long enough will run into. And I say polyamorous specifically, right? Because here's the thing. If you're in a spot where, you know, you're doing more the like people that you're playing with or you're doing more the swinging thing, like, you know, you're, you're going out and, you know, going out to a club every couple weeks or, you know, you have, you have people that you're meeting up with, uh, you know, every month or two at their house or whatever, right? When you have relationships that are kind of more on that end of things, You know, you can go your whole life with never having to explain that relationship to anybody. But the thing about polyamory, when we're talking about romantic relationships, we're talking about people who, as a general rule, have a certain amount of involvement in our lives. And eventually what happens is when somebody's involved in our life enough, you get to a point where questions start to arise questions start to arise naturally. And so when you're at that point, then you have to face this decision of coming out. So this is something that everybody who is polyamorous long enough will face eventually. And like we said, it can be a really tricky thing to navigate with a lot of feelings, with risks, with things like that. So we really want to cover this for you. And the first thing that we want to break down is we kind of use coming out as this blanket term. So we wanted to break coming out down into three different categories that we really see people using coming out to talk about. And then we'll talk about really what we're diving into here today.
1: Yeah. So the first is coming out to your partner. And just so you know, if you're non-monogamous, you've been practicing non-monogamy, your partner should know. If they don't know, you're cheating and shouldn't be doing that. Okay. So if you are you know, coming out, the first person you, you really should have that conversation with is your partner, but that's not what we're going to cover today because that could be like a completely different topic. Um, anything else you want to chime in all about that?
0: No, people use coming out to talk about coming after their partners. But again, that's not what we're talking about here today. That's an entirely different discussion. Yeah.
1: So that's number one. Number two is coming out to like your family, your friends, that close network of people that you have in your life. And that is really where most people. Are focused when they're having these conversations, when they're asking about
0: coming out. And that's because, this goes back to what we were saying a minute ago. That's because when you have somebody who's involved in your life long enough and you have these other people in your life, this is a place that they're going to start interacting. This is a place that questions are going to start coming up. You know, just as an example, if you're in a spot where, um, you know, like you're having holiday dinner and your partner's there and your family's there and those circles cross, this is the part where those questions start coming up. So that's why when most people talk about coming out, this is the level that they're talking about. This is the place they have concerns. That's where we're going to focus today. But there's really kind of one more category of coming out.
1: Yeah. And that's like the rest of things, right? Like your job, your kid's school and beyond. So the places that are further distanced that maybe aren't going to pick these things up immediately. And this is going to be a place where it's possibly more of a choice. And there could also be even more risks. So you're going to need to evaluate that a little differently.
0: We're going to touch on that kind of lightly today, but you know, this would be, you know, like when you're talking about something like coming out to your kid's school or that kind of thing, you're talking about a relationship that is either really advanced or when that's just something you really want to do, right? So most people who are talking about coming out, it falls in this category of the, the interactions in our lives that we're going to have with other People Like Cassie said, with those people close to us, right? The family, the friends, the kids, that kind of a thing. And that's where we're going to focus here today. And so I think to start off, it's kind of would kind of be helpful to talk about like the reasons for coming out and then kind of the risks that people face or the factors that people face when they're thinking about coming out that work. Sure. Okay. So do you want to start with kind of the reasons to think about coming out in the first place? And then I'll kind of throw in my point of view.
1: Yeah. So the first is, you know, if you've been in a relationship for long enough, most of us want to be recognized. No one wants to be that dirty secret forever, right? Like it's a little different if we just started dating, but over time we we want our relationships acknowledge. And there's there's a couple of reasons, right? Like we want to be able to do things. Like we want to be able to be seen in public. We want to be able to spend holidays. We want to be able, if our relationship is getting serious enough, to have our families interact and do things. Um, and just really actually to be acknowledged in your life or to have you acknowledged in mine. And you said you wanted to kind of like put a well, little bit of a, a thought behind that.
0: Well, I'll start with this, right? It was interesting. When we were talking about this when we were putting this together. I was recalling um, a uh, partner that we used to have um, who was talking about another relationship that she was in. And it was something where, so as Kat said, nobody wants to be the dirty little secret forever, right? It's not a comfortable place for most people. And so in her case, she was in a spot where she was in a relationship with a guy. And be, he was like completely locked down to the world about being non-monogamous, right? Like That wasn't something that anybody knew about.
1: Even some of his like Lifestyle friends then like the like, you know kink communities, things like that didn't know that he was not monogamous Like it was locked down. It locked was locked down.
0: down, right? So the result of that for her was that like, you know, the you know She could see him like coming over to his house like on a weekday night right, uh, you know when nobody was there but You know when it came time to hang out when it came time to go out to do things when it came time to you know The weekends came around, Right. You know, then he had to go out with his family and with his wife and things like that to put on that, Um, that image that he was projecting to different places. And she had this conversation with us of kind of what led her in that relationship where she was saying, you know, like. That was fine to begin with, but, you know, eventually, like, I want to be a Saturday night girl, too, sometimes. Right. I don't just want to be a Tuesday night girl. Mm -hmm. Right. Who can't who can't ever show up, who can't ever go out and do things on the weekends, who can't ever be seen. And. That's a place that most people get to eventually.
1: Yeah. And it's because it really does start to put major limits on a relationship after a
0: while. Well, and this is the thing. So when I think when we're talking about coming out, um, I think really what we're talking about is at the end of the day, when you're in a relationship and you're in a romantic relationship and you are not out about that relationship, you eventually... Hit a cap where the relationship can't grow any further for one of two reasons, right? Either because of practical reasons, because they can't be around your family, because they can't be around your friends, because they can't be around your kids, because they can't come around on Saturday night.
1: You can't go out in public.
0: You can't go out Mm -hmm. in public, right? So either you hit a limit because of the practical reasons, or you hit a limit just because you get to a point where somebody is no longer willing to invest in a relationship where they can't be acknowledged as a partner because that's something most people want, right? So when you're not willing, and that's why I said this is more of a polyamory thing than a non-monogamy thing, but when you have a romantic partner, eventually you hit kind of a growth cap where if you're not open and honest about that relationship to a certain extent, that relationship can't grow any further. Again, either because of the practical issues around that or because of the feelings around that. And I think that really is, I think that really is the gist of why Coming out Becomes such an important conversation for people.
1: Yeah, and I think there's like one other thing that I would tag into that Which is for a lot of folks It gets hard to feel like you're being authentic like you start to especially if a relationship is developing and you're having to Tell the little white lies to hide it and you're having to avoid things and you're doing all this stuff you end up feeling like you're not really being authentic in your relationships Is I think something else that is also really a big factor for folks.
0: Yeah, so that's the reasons that we look at (coughs) around coming out. So do you wanna dive into like some of the challenges people face or do you wanna hit that later?
1: You can hit it if you want.
0: Okay, so some of the challenges that we face when we're talking about coming out, I mean, there's somewhat like, kind of some of them are pretty obvious here, right? Um, But I mean, it can be rejection right? It can be rejected from our family. It can be rejected from our friends, right? It can be being worried about, uh, you know, kind of how that's going to impact our kids. That's something that hits for a lot of people. And then there can be other, like other really real concerns around like losing family support, right? Losing childcare, um, around, you know, kind of being like Blackballed in your community like you know, we have some clients who work with like lived in a small town, right? And really haven't wanted word to get around because then it'll get around to everybody right and everybody will judge them for it and everybody will you know There's some people have concerns about their jobs and stuff like that comes out so the other end of this is that There's this whole other end of risk to balance that you have to consider as well so deciding to come out can be one of these things that people find really tricky because they're trying to balance this wanting the relationship to be able to grow and wanting people to be acknowledged against whatever possible risks and downfalls that they see. And I think the biggest one for most people is really just, is really just that worry that they're going to be rejected by family, by friends. They're going to they're going to lose relationships mm. that they have now for the sake of coming out for this relationship. Right.
1: Yeah. And I think there's also some risks that are not covered. So, you know, like coming out as like, you know, LGBTQ things like that. There are legal coverages that like non-monogamous relationships don't have
0: Mm, That's true.
1: So there, there is some, um, things that can be worrisome.
0: Especially when you're talking about like job or housing or that kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Employment for a lot Mm -hmm. of people you know, especially people who are like teachers or like jobs that have morality clauses, that kind of a thing.
1: Yeah, but I think the majority of it definitely comes down to, and I think you worded it really well losing those relationships.
0: Yeah. So then with that, like, how do you make the decision to come out? Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of things to consider beforehand. and we're gonna cover those, right? But I think really as far as when to come out, if you're looking for a rule of thumb with that, it kind of gets back to what we were saying before, right? Which is when you have somebody involved enough in your life, you're going to hit points. And there's kind of these natural inflection points because this is something people worry about a lot. Like when's the right time? Like how long should we be together? How long should we this? How long should we that? How do we know when to tell when? And they make it this whole complicated thing, right? And while there are a few things you want to consider, what we found and what we talked to our clients about is, you know, it it really is actually pretty simple. Uh, There's a rule of thumb that can make it really simple when you're thinking about coming out, right? Which is to figure out when naturally you get to a point of needing to have these conversations, which varies for everybody, right? But What winds up happening is as you're going through a relationship, you hit these points. It was like I mentioned earlier, right? It was the family dinner where now you're having your partner over and you're having your family over at the same time. And you hit these points where you're either going to have to come out to some extent or another, or you're going to have to lie
1: or not have them there
0: or not have them there. So you're going to hit these points where you have to choose between excluding your partner or lying about them or coming clean right? And that's going to be different in all of your relationships. It's going to be different with different partners that you have. It's going to be different with different family members. It's going to be different with everybody, right? But the the rule of thumb that we use and that we teach our clients to use, right, is that, you know, after you've taken these other things we're going to talk about into consideration, you want to come out a particular about a relationship to particular people when not doing so would require dishonesty or would require excluding somebody from your life, so this provides a really great balance between acknowledging your partner's roles in your lives, right? Between allowing those relationships, to the rooms to grow and avoiding needless drama, right? So one really easy example, uh, I, we use my family for this, right? As examples of this, right? So um, with my family, my parents coming out there always knew it was going to be challenging and... I, for a long time, wasn't particularly involved with my parents, right? So we were actually polyamorous for years before there was ever an issue that arose, a conflict that arose, where it hit one of those things where I was going to have to exclude somebody or going to have to be deceptive or going to have to come out. And the way that wound up happening for us was we had a partner. We were really close with her. Our kids were really close. We had already agreed to spend Easter together. My parents really wanted us to come over to their house, and I was like, You know, we can do that, but the only way I can do it is if I bring this person with us because we've already promised to spend the day with them. And they were like, sure. Okay, so we've gotten past the excluding, but now we're at the point where I'm either going to have to say something to my parents or put people in the position where this is going to be really awkward because we're going to have to bring her, we're going to have to ignore her, we're going to have to try to not act like partners. And then all you know this, right? Like when you're around people you're romantically involved with, you interact a certain way. Right. So now there's going to be questions. Now there's going to be, you know, and it's, it's, it's going to be in that spot again. We're going to have to be like deceptive and in denial or going to have to come clean about it. And that was the point where I came out, which didn't mean it went well. Mm -hmm. Right. On the other hand, I have, you know, different sets of grandparents, right. Um, one of whom I'm out too, for the same kind of reason, which is there was a holiday thing. They wanted us to spend the holiday at their house. I was like, you know, we have a nesting partner, life partner, co-parent to our kids. Like, I'm not leaving them behind for the holiday. So, you know, if you want us to come, like, we're gonna be bringing them. Um, And then I have other grandparents who are very old, who aren't, you know, who weren't in a great mental state, who I saw like once every six months and whom, I didn't need to rock their worlds for no reason. So, like I said, like this is something that we make so complicated, but it's actually really simple. If all you do as a guiding rule is you come out about a relationship to particular people when not doing so would require dishonesty or would require, you know, leaving that person out of some place that you'd otherwise include them, then You'll never have to be guessing or trying to figure out, well, we've been together this long. Well, you know, what after six months, do you come out to family or is it eight months? Like, okay, what about siblings? Is that nine months or is that three months? Like, how does that work? You can do it as it comes up naturally. And like I said, that is where you don't limit the growth of that relationship, but at the same time, you don't cause yourself a bunch of needless drama because let's be honest, coming out a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times, especially when you're talking about family members and things like that, can bring drama into your life. Is there anything you want to add to that? Like just the kind of rule of thumb or do you want to start hopping into like the other things to think about?
1: Yeah, we can can definitely hop into the other things. I think you covered it really well. um, Is, you know, we do this in monogamous relationships. Like, and that's just one thing I wanted to like throw out there. Like Mm. we do this in monogamous relationships. We're like, okay, I'm with this person. I've been with this person long enough that I really want to be able to take them to a holiday. I've been with this person long enough. I want them to be able to be around my children. Right. And we make those decisions at the intersection of where we want that relationship to grow and where you have to introduce people. So, um, you know, it, it, it we, we do this in the, uh, the monogamous world constantly. It's just that layer of understanding that the introduction might be a little bit more difficult.
0: Well, that's a great point. This is, you know, there's a lot of things in relationships where we know how to do them in monogamous relationships and we needlessly complicate them when we're talking about polyamorous relationships. This is one of those things, right? And while, yes, there are, you know, factors to consider in terms of the amount of drama that might come into your life or how difficult it might be to introduce people, the process by which you evaluate how and when to do it, it doesn't change right? The factors are different. The risk levels are different. The drama is different. The things like that are different, but that process, you already know how to do this. Don't overcomplicate it for yourself. Does that make sense? So let's talk about the concerns that you should think about though before coming out, because that's a general process, but you know, obviously there are the factors that you have to weigh into that too, right? Um, and I know you wanted to start with actually people being ready, like actually yeah. your partners being ready for yeah, that first.
1: So the first thing is, is that you want coming out to be something that is intentional, voluntary, slash consensual, right? Um, and you want that choice to be made by the people who are going to be outed, which means having that conversation with your partners. Because for example, if we're a married couple, and I come out as non-monogamous, well, that's gonna bring my partner into that conversation. If I'm telling my whole family and your family, you're gonna know. So you really wanna have everybody's approval on that. Everybody have that conversation upfront before you start having those conversations with people that could be impacting your partners.
0: And one place we see people forget this a lot is in like group dynamics. Right. So there is, there's a lot of times there's this thing that people do where like if we're in a relationship and I'm in a role, I mean, actually it doesn't even matter if it's a group dynamic. Let's say we're in a relationship and I'm in a relationship with somebody else, right? The entire discussion about coming out will wind up being between us. Right. And we won't even think about this person over here getting their consent to come out when at the end of the day, we're outing them as well.
1: Yeah. It's, it's a very common nesting partner issue. Where nesting partners, those who share like families and kids, because there is that entwinement. And, and let's just be honest, you know, there is usually more entwinement and more of a, a weighted issue between our more families. More of a, and
0: shared, risk. a shared risk. It's the risk is shared. There you
1: go. a More shared risk to things. But that person who is on the outside that is not in that nesting situation um, does get forgotten. So it's really important to make sure that all of the people, who could potentially be outed are having that conversation.
0: And this isn't just family, right? This is social groups. This is kids. And this falls off a lot for people. You know, they'll do something where like, you know, like, uh, we'll be dating somebody for a while and then we'll come out to the kids about this person being a partner, never having asked them if they wanna and now they come and the kids are like, the kids know about it, right? Maybe they weren't okay with that. Or same thing with social circles, right? You know, you have to keep in mind again that you know, if we run in similar social circles. And, you know, I come out as non-monogamous to my social circle and talk about who my partner is, I- I've now outed you. And maybe even if I don't talk about who my partner is, because, you know, there's a good chance that if, if, if this is a tight enough social circle, these are people who know me well enough or know you well enough, right, that um, when it. I said I was polyamorous, they were probably able to figure it out. So you really need to make sure that you're getting the consent of everybody involved and doing it intentionally, not unintentionally outing people. And different people have different risk factors, right, Mm -hmm. that um, they play into. And this is where I was talking about shared risk. You know, with us, a lot of the risk that that comes for us might be shared, right? Because, you know, maybe like my job being impacted affects both of us, or your family being impacted affects both of us, because like, I like your family, right? Or childcare. Or childcare. But, you know, we have another partner, again, like what I might not be considering, or if I have another partner, what I might not be considering is, how is their family going to react, right, if their family knows me or has some way to hear about it, right? Are they going to start withholding child care, right? Are they going to break ties? How is this person's job or living situation going to be impacted, right? And, you know, while this is something that we, I think people tend to worry about, especially the job thing or the living situation, you know, more than... I think we tend to worry more than is actually warranted in most cases, but that's not my decision to make, right? That is this person's decision to make. So you have to get half, 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 and people forget this so often. If you're coming out either about a relationship or you're coming out in a way where people are gonna be able to put those dots together, you have to make sure that everybody involved is is on board. Does that make sense? So the places might not might not apply, right? Really simply is you know that situation that I was talking about earlier with my parents, right? So if I was talking about to my parents, they have no idea who this other person is. Like there's no intersection there. My family's never going to interact with them. They're never going to interact with their family. Never gonna interact with their friends. Never going to interact with their social circles in any sense, right? Okay, that 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 can be a little different, right? Because it's not impacting them. But anytime you know any action take has the potential to impact this other person as far as coming out. I need their consent as well. Okay. Anything else you want to throw in there?
1: Um, not about that, but yeah, you also just need to recognize that your decisions to come out can affect other people, you know? And and I just want to highlight what, what Josh just said there is, you know, if I come out and and someone is able to put the dots together, the impacts can impact our partner. So it needs to be something that is very intentional, um, and that you have conversations around. Um, and don't
0: assume. So that's the biggest thing. Um, but let's talk about other things that people might want to consider before coming out.
1: So I mentioned before that this is not super different than like dating as a monogamous person. Right. And when we're talking to clients and we're talking to folks about coming out, the biggest thing that I tell people up front is this, like it's a good idea to consider the length of the relationship or the length of time that you have been practicing non-monogamy before telling everybody. And there's a reason. If this is something that you're like experimenting with and you're just kind of trying out, you may find that non-monogamy doesn't work for you and you went through this whole thing of like coming out to your family and and the the stressors around that to find out well this isn't something that works for you
0: there's somebody recently um who we know well we don't really know actually it's it's more like a somebody who's been in the media recently right who kind of built her business on what, what, what is it she does? She's some kind of coach. Um, we were just talking about this recently. Anyways, she's she's some kind of... She, any short version is she, she's built her livelihood around working with a group of people that, that skews more conservative. Right? Mm,
1: that, okay. Like and
0: that. she came out as polyamorous um, publicly, right? And lost an enormous portion of her following and probably her livelihood is going to take a huge, huge bump for herself and her family along with that, right? Now, here's the thing with that. Three months. She's been non-monogamous for three months, right? Maybe you don't do that at three months if you have no idea if, if, if this relationship's going to last or if you're even going to be non-monogamous, right? So like Hassa said, really consider for yourself not just the length of time you've been in a relationship. Like you already know how to do that when you're you're monogamous. You already know how to evaluate that and go, okay, I've been in this relationship this long. And like we said earlier, now lives are intersecting. Now I need to start coming clean. But also do take into account just for yourself how long you have been non-monogamous, right? Because as Cassie said, if that's something that isn't gonna stick for you maybe and it's new to you and it's really gonna rock your world to come out about it or it's really going to rock this part of your world to come out to this person, maybe sit on that a little bit.
1: Yeah. It can save you a lot of needless drama. Right. Um, so take those things into consideration. Um, and when, you know, and you brought up something that I think is really, really important is that when you're coming out, it's good to, Pick the places and the people that you know might be more accepting first, right? So maybe you, if you have a conservative following, that isn't the first place that you come out.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I I think we're gonna talk about how to come out in a minute, but there's one other thing I wanted to touch on first. This is a place we see a lot of people wind up in difficulty is, you know, before coming out, something you wanna consider is if this person that you're thinking about coming out to, or, you know, if you're coming out to a family member maybe you know that's gonna get around, is what kind of support are you reliant on one thing that we've seen happen not infrequently is if and this is usually family right if you're reliant on family for something they may try and leverage that against you if they don't agree with your lifestyle example of this and this is where we see this happen most of the time and we've seen it even in our own relationships right our own partners have had this happen where this is a lot of times parents right i guess it could also be
1: and sometimes siblings
0: yeah Uh, but a lot and a lot of times it's parents though because parents is where a lot of times we get financial support where we get childcare support things like that right and a lot of times what will happen is family will be like okay well like as long as you're living in sin like this i can't support you by watching your kids anymore and next thing you know you're not able to go to work right or you're out your rent Or that kind of a thing. So this is is a place that you really need to consider. And, you know, maybe, maybe this is a spot where, yeah, you do wind up having to let this relationship grow a little slower than you would like to because coming out would put you and your family in a very bad position, right? And so that's something that you really have to kind of weigh in to this whole, you know... Like, this is the point where I would normally come out about a relationship thing that you don't have to when you're monogamous. Okay. So let's talk about how to come out. Um, And I think we should probably focus this on family and friends and not kids.
1: Yeah. And we have a, we cover that in a podcast episode. We talk about dealing with the kids and
0: stuff like that. Yeah. That's exactly why I want to do this because... Um, that's a whole topic kids are a whole topic in and of themselves we have an entire episode it isn't on YouTube yet if you're watching this on YouTube um, or Facebook but if you go to a touchflavor.com forward slash show and look at our podcast episodes or you know you look on iTunes or um, Spotify or whatever we have an entire episode called How to Be a Kickass ass Polyparent and that dives really in depth actually into how a, to come out to your kids, when to come out to your kids, what you want to tell kids at different age brackets, that kind of a thing. So, um, if you're thinking about your kids, go listen to that episode because we're going to spend an incredible length of time on just that topic. So, let's keep this to more the family and friends kind of end of this. Yeah, right
1: I just want to add one thing before we ha- hop into family and friends, okay? Is the one thing about kids that I do want to put here is if your kids know expect that other people are going to kids do not keep secrets well and that's not a position you want to put your kids in
0: well and the other piece of that is kids are very perceptive right so your kids will probably be some of the first people to pick up on your relationships even if you're not telling them right and now if you're not telling them they're in the position of wondering what what you're doing wrong or why it's being covered up and that can put you in a really awkward position so if you're polyamorous if you have kids if you have any questions in your mind about when to come out to them how to come out to them go listen to that episode on how to be a kick-ass poly parent. And we dive really deep into that. Right. Um, but for here, let's kind of focus on family versus friends. Yeah. I think
1: that was all I wanted to put in there is that, you know, they're, they're usually some of the first people to, to recognize and notice things and you don't want to the last people we tell. <laughs> yeah. Um, and recognize that they, 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 they are not good secret keepers. And so, um, When coming out to family and friends, uh, you want to kind of like go after the like easy, low hanging fruit. And I know that's a funny thing to say about your friends, but we get to a place where we want to start coming out because we want to start being able to do some of those things, like go to social functions, things like that. So maybe. I don't come out to my parents who are conservative, but I come out to like my best friend who's a lesbian tattoo artist or my cousin who's in the like BDSM community who maybe they're not non-monogamous, but I know most likely they're going to be people who are more accepting or, you know, I come out to a buddy at work that I know is like super, super like liberal things like that. it can be helpful to start coming out to the people that you know are going to be the most accepting first. So, um, you know, those people in your life that you know are more likely to be accepting. And also these people might be in places and this is where I was going to hit that. So like your lesbian best friend, tattoo artist doesn't socialize with anybody that you have at work doesn't socialize with your family. So there's a lower risk of that being put out to other people or your person that you're talking to accidentally slipping and saying it to the wrong person. So you can start with the people that you think are most accepting, but also the people who are at least risk to accidentally come out like out you to the 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 people that may not be accepting or that you're not ready to come out to
0: yet who aren't going to be able to withhold support or really have that heavy impact on your lives because what you'll find is is a lot of people are actually more accepting than you give them credit for right and especially 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 once they see you interacting with your partners right um you know it's it's for most people who aren't in the non-monogamous space at all, there's like this whole like, oh God, like, you know, you're all just having sex all the time and it's this and it's that. And, it's, and they actually like see you interacting with people, with your partners, right? And, and uh, you know, not being like sex craze harlots, right? Or at least not in that context, right? And for them, uh, you know, that, that can really help things. So that's one thing. But the other thing too that's really important is especially when you're talking about Family members, friends, people in your social circles—that kind of a thing—and circles where not everybody may be as accepting—is you start building that support and that backup, right? So, just as an example, you know, if you have parents who are going to be completely not accepting, and you're going to need to come out to them at some point for the long game, it's going to be a lot more likely to have a good outcome on that if your parents are the only one in your whole family unit who are not accepting and meanwhile all of your siblings are like you know like why are you being so judgmental why are you um you know like not accepting your your kids why are you this why are you that right and and kind of standing up for you or like okay well we're going to this has happened for us like okay fine then we're going to have the family event at our place and people are invited and you can also come parents or you cannot come but just know that everybody's invited so that's really helpful to have those people who are accepting and to go to those people before you go to the people, you know, are going to be difficult.
1: Yeah. And also to have a little bit of that buffer time where they get to see your relationships and they get to like back you up, like, you know, and say like, this is a great person in their life, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So where do you want to go from here?
0: Um, let's talk about actually having the conversation and particularly with people who you don't know if it's going to go well. Cause I mean, having the conversation with people, who you know, are going to be fine with it. It's kind of like cool habit, right? Yeah. You know, you have the sister who is the kinky lesbian tattoo artist who's also polyamorous. You don't need a lot of groundwork <laughs> and prep to have that have that discussion, but let's talk about everybody else.
1: Yeah, and, and when we're going through this kind of like prep stuff or the planning, this is also good stuff to consider even if you're telling someone who's going to be accepting, but it's so vital for the people who are not necessarily the people you think it might go well with. So
0: Let's talk about being prepared first. Yeah.
1: So first off, before coming out, talk to your partners beforehand, be a united front. We talked about deciding, you know, that we are coming out and having that conversation, but also make sure that you are in agreement about what you're sharing. So make sure like how much information are we sharing? If we're saying that we're non-monogamous, are we talking about our partners? Like, what is the information? that we are sharing with other people because we don't want to be in a situation where we're being asked questions and then we're like, "Mm, mm, 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 you know, that can be kind of awkward. So be prepared for like what you are sharing. Um, And I think a big part is also knowing upfront your response to the ifs or the risks that could be involved. So if you know that you could possibly, you know, Lose childcare. What if that happens? Knowing up front how I'm gonna handle that. If you come out to your family about going to a holiday event or something like that, if your family says, hell no, knowing up front what your response to that is going to be ahead of time. Um, if you receive threats from family or things like that, or if you're giving ultimatums, what are you planning to say and respond with? So that way, you know that upfront and particularly you can be a a united front with the partners who are around.
0: So the next two things to consider kind of like times and places, right? So time, timing is so important. So many people mess this up so bad, right? Um, So when you have these conversations with people, you want to have the number one at a time where this other partner that you're coming out about isn't there. Like if you're coming out to your parents, right, about being non-monogamous, you know, your partner who you've been dating for a year, who's never met your family, does not and should not be there for that conversation. That is putting them in the middle, in a position in the middle of shit that is not theirs to own. That is a shit show. That is a shit show. And it's awesome. <laughs> not only is it more awkward, right? But it's putting them in a bad position they shouldn't be in, right? So you don't do that. You don't do this where it's like, okay, hey, mom and dad, come over for dinner. Oh, by the way, this is Julie. Oh, by the way we're polyamorous and Julie's my partner, right? Like yeah, like no. No. And and in addition to timing, right? You know, anytime you're talking about coming out of this kind of a thing, you want to do this intentionally at a planned time, right? This isn't what you do in the middle of Easter dinner. Right? When you're angry. Or when, you know, when you're pissed off and you're arguing or you're like this is something you you set a time. You're like, "Hey, you know, I'm going to go out to dinner with, so, with, with, with mom and dad and you sit down and you have the conversation, right? You don't come out in a, you know, if you do something like coming out, you know, at a holiday or a funeral or I, you know, people have done this, right? Or things like that, you know, you're setting yourself up for failure and not only failure, but really for everybody to have a miserable time, which isn't, yeah.
1: And I'll tag You want to on keep the,
0: the focus time. on the coming out.
1: Yeah. And I will tag on, not
0: on what a, a-hole you are for coming out of Easter
1: (laughs) or making it about you, you know, it's someone's funeral or someone's, you know, birthday and you're coming out. And also, you know, the thing is, is it's better to come out to fewer people at a time versus making it like a huge thing at Thanksgiving dinner where it's like, mom, dad, auntie, uncle, grandma, Hey, I'm polyamorous, right? Being able to have those conversations with like your parents or like your parents and a sibling smaller people allows you to have those conversations and then to ask questions and for you to be able to handle one or two people in a conversation versus a whole group of family.
0: Yeah. So next thing we know, we're talking about spaces and we always really suggest having these conversations, um, either over the phone or if you want to have them face to face, which is totally fine. Um, but having them on neutral ground, right. Um, and in public preferably. So what I mean by neutral ground or ground you own is you don't want to have these conversations like at your family's house. People get a lot more entitled and loud and aggressive sometimes in their own spaces, right? So if you're not having this conversation over the phone, you don't want to have it at somebody's house, right? Um, You could have it at your house, but honestly, I wouldn't even have it there. But we prefer to tell people is to do it in a public venue you know go out to dinner go to a starbucks something like that something where there's other people around right because you know number one people are a lot more likely to maintain control themselves and not fly off the handle in public situations right it's just like a social conditioning thing you know most people are going to act much differently in private you know and especially in their own home than they do in public right but the other important thing is, you know, on the off chance, and it's an off chance, but it is a chance, depending on the people in your life, that this was to get violent. We had a partner whose father got physical with her when she came out, right? Um, again, that's something that's going to be much less likely to happen in a public venue. And if it does, there's going to be other people around to intervene, right, before things get too serious. So that is what we suggest. Um, and also if you have family members who maybe have problems with alcohol, um, and you know, like, you know, are the kind of people who will, uh, drink too much to have a serious conversation or drink too much for that conversation to go well, then set it up at a venue that doesn't serve alcohol. That's like bonus points there.
1: Yeah. Um, pick a, pick a, pick a place to have coffee.
0: (laughs) And then when you're, so, and then when you're actually having the discussion, how do you go about doing that?
1: So the first thing, and this is, I think, one of the things that people tend to do really poorly whenever giving bad news. But this is just—it's it, good not to build, right? Don't don't call your mom up and be like, "Hey, we need to have a conversation." You you might need to sit down. It's I love really you.
0: serious. I
1: love you. I just want to make sure that you always love me no matter what I tell you. Like, don't do that. Just just you know, say, "Hey, I've got something to talk about with you." Whether it's on the phone or like, "Hey." i like to have a conversation with you. Let's, let's go like, you know, meet up and, and do that. Don't make it this huge thing because when you do that, that brings everybody's anxiety, including your own up. So don't do that. start the conversation with just, Hey, we've got something to talk about, make the plan, talk about it or talk about it then. Um, and when you're having that conversation with your family about your relationships, you don't need to go into all the details. Like your parents don't need to know how often you're sleeping with your partner, or like you know your condom uses policy. Like, let them know the details of what they need to know when you're coming out. Um, it's 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 really important to recognize that when you're coming out, this is hard enough for people that this is new to who don't understand this to accept. Like too much information is too much information. Like keep it at a base level so that way they can understand and possibly, you know, ask questions if they need to. And the last thing is, I know we are been talking here about like polyamory and we're having different conversations. When you're talking to your family, remember, they probably haven't read like the non-monogamy, you know, dictionary or anything. Keep language very simple recognize that they probably don't know a lot of these terms. So, you know, oh, our relationship isn't a hierarchy or, you know, Hey, you know, I'm his secondary primary. They're probably going to get lost. So keep it to like common, uh, words and and phrases. And when you're having these conversations, you, you want to give the people that you're talking to some space, right? First of all, space to have feelings, because this can be shocking. This can be something that really knocks, you know, people's feet out from underneath of them, especially if this is not what like, like there's been no indication that you've been non-monogamous before. Um, And especially if they don't have anybody in their world that is non-monogamous, anybody that they know is non-monogamous can be very, very, very hard to deal with. So giving some space for that and space for questions, right? If, if, if your family member or your friend is asking questions out of care, Be willing to answer some of those questions. Now, what I will say is there are certain questions that you want to like just cut off and be like, Nope, not going to answer those, right? Anything like about your sex life, things like that. Just, those are good things to just kind of say, I'm not going into that. Like that's, that's my, my personal information. But if they're reasonable questions, if there are questions that you can tell they're asking because they're trying to a be curious or B. They're concerned, like, you know, give some space for that and try to frame when you're responding, right? Rather than just being like, you're absolutely wrong. I've already thought about that right? Try to frame when you're responding to your, your, your friends and family with like knowing their intention saying like, I understand that you're worried about the kids, but I've already thought this through and this is what we're doing. I I totally get that you are worried that this might impact my workplace, or I know you love us and you don't want us or the kids to get hurt, but blah, 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 blah. If you can show that understanding that can kind of de-escalate it for them, and it can also help you not get so worked up and angry when you're responding to questions that you think are completely unreasonable.
0: Well, and here's the other point of that, right, which is it's this isn't like you're framing this as them caring to make this easier for yourself. It's because it's actually really true. And, you know, recognizing people's intention is always an important tool that you can use. Right. And when you're talking about stuff like this, you know, it's important to realize that the reason that we get the strong reactions from our family and our friends. Right. You know, occasionally, occasionally with family, there's like a sense of like, how could you do this to me? Right. I will say occasionally that's there, but for the most part, what you'll get from family is that they do care. Right. And in their worldview, you know, this is something that they aren't familiar with. This is something that they probably think will destroy your marriage and your relationship. This is probably something they think will destroy your family. This is probably something that they think is going to be bad for the kids. Right. And so, you know, if you can approach this with understanding that while their actions and their responses may not be what you want, their intentions are that they really do love and care about you. You will make this easier for yourself, right? They love you and they're worried. Even if that worry is misguided, right? Even if the way they're responding hurts or is inconvenient, it's important to keep that in mind for yourself, right? Um, And, you know, with that being said, I will say as well, a lot of times, a piece of that is due to misinformation, right? It's due to the fact that they aren't familiar with non-monogamy. It's due to the fact that they aren't familiar with things, right? And one thing that can be a really great resource for that is we did an episode a while back, it was our 50th episode. So if you go to a touchflavor.com forward slash zero five zero, that was specifically for families and friends of non-monogamous people to explain certain questions then that they have, like will it destroy your relationship and What will it do to your kids? And those kinds of things. And why are people non-monogamous? And what you might find is that they may be a lot more receptive to hearing that from somebody else than from you. Right? So, again, if you go to a touchofflavor.com forward slash zero five zero, that's a resource that might be really helpful for you because you can send that to them directly. Now, I want to caveat to that in the context of this coming out conversation. The purpose of that is not that you come out by sending them that. That is not what that is designed to do, right? But what that is for is when you have come out and now they have these concerns and they have these questions, that can be a really great resource. So like I said, at touchflavor.com forward slash 050 if you want that episode. And we have um, you know, a couple of different resources, ways you can send that to your family members without actually sending them like our whole podcast or our whole website or anything like that, okay? Um, and I know you had wanted to talk about arguing as well.
1: Yes. Your coming out conversation shouldn't be an argument on your part. So, and I know you might be sitting there and being like, "But what if they say this, or what if they said that, and grr, grr, grr. or they respond this way?" It doesn't matter. Like, regardless of the response, right? This conversation is going to be the hardest one out of all of them, right? So, your coming out conversation. Most likely is going to be multiple conversations. This isn't probably going to be one like, "Oh, I'm out. That's it." There's probably going like, that's just not how it works, right? These end up being conversations where even if they go well, right? Even if your family's like, "I completely accept you," coming back and saying, "But hey, what about this thing or that thing," right? So recognize that this is going to be the hardest for them, right? It's to be the highest point in their feelings it's going to be the highest point in their shock factor. there's a pretty big
0: shock factor yeah. for a lot of people um
1: it's going to be difficult so don't argue if you r- recognize that you're getting into that place of like being argumentative or they're argumentative, just stop you know offer to talk about this at another time um you know after they've had some some room to go through some of those emotions and have some of those feelings into process, um, but your first coming out conversation shouldn't be a place where you're trying to like let me tell you the statistics on polyamory. Let me show you this, and you don't want to argue those points with your with with, with those folks at that time. They're yeah. not going to listen to anything. I would I would
0: actually I would actually suggest keeping this conversation relatively short mm. because. They're not gonna be in a great place to hear much else. Chance, I mean, now there may be the exception of the rule. There may be the time that your parents are totally cool with it or are like, "Oh yeah, that's not surprising. We've known that for years" or whatever. But for a lot of people, you know, family, friends, you know, there might be a big shock factor. And if there's a big shock factor, you know, this is going to be the time that they are least receptive to all of that information. Right? They're the least receptive to hearing those statistics. They're the least receptive to understanding your reasoning and what you're getting from it and all of that. So I would actually suggest that you, you know, if this is a coming out conversation, especially with somebody who you don't expect this to be like silky smooth with, that you plan on keeping that conversation pretty short. I mean, really putting it in the space. um, I think, you know, speaking of intention, I think that when you're bringing it up, putting your intention into the space of why you're having that discussion with them is helpful. Right? So they don't feel like you're just trying to... um, make a point or something like that. And then, you know, be ready for a few questions or a rant or a cry or whatever happens next. And then maybe wrap up and have the rest of the conversation the next time. That would really be my suggestion Mm -hmm. with it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And you know, yeah, again, don't, don't argue stuff. It will not get you anywhere. In that
0: first conversation. In that first
1: conversation.
0: Yeah. yeah. There may be, there may be, there, listen, there may be a time down the road that you have to have a sterner conversation, right? Um, you know, in the case of a family member who is threatening to pull out of your life or, you know, who doesn't want to let your, you know, like having the conversation because, you know, using that Easter discussion from earlier, right? There may be the time that you have to have the sterner conversation of like, then I'm not coming either. You know, there, there may be the times you have to have those discussions, but first conversation, again, you really want to understand that they're probably not going to be in a place to have a very productive conversation. Mm -hmm. So,
1: so where do you want to go from here? I think we've covered really how to come out. Um, but I think there's one big thing that we should touch on as far as coming out. Um, And we see this happen a lot. You know, we we talked about not coming out if you're not sure if you're not monogamous, and not coming out if this is like maybe a brand new relationship, another time to really consider, you know, before coming out and before having these conversations with your family is to actually take the time to look at where your relationships are, right? Especially the ones that your family are going to be seeing. So like, If my family knows my spouse um, or my family is going to be getting to know my other partners because coming out is stressful, it is risky, it is challenging, it is all of these things. And the last thing that you want to do is come out and have a, have basically the naysayers because there might be some. And to prove them right, because your relationships are struggling, because you are having these problems that they're worried about, because you are going through these things that uh, really are the things that they're saying, or like, you know, hey, you know, you're going to break up, you're going to do this, you're going to do that, when your relationships really are there.
0: So is it about proving them right, or is it about giving them ammo?
1: Um, a little bit of both, right? You don't want to end up later proving them right. Right. You don't want to end up later being in a position where like you crashed and burned and had this horrible, you know, like we end up getting a divorce because we opened up our relationship and then having to deal with that later. And you also don't want in the meantime, while you're trying to incorporate new people into your life for them to say, see, like, Of course we don't want to invite this person to Thanksgiving dinner when I can see that your relationship's falling apart and I don't want to, you know, be a part of your marriage getting torn apart, right?
0: Well, and this is where a lot of the the bad impressions that people have of non-monogamy, mm-hmm. right? You know, everybody's like, Oh, I know, I know this couple who, you know, they opened up their relationship or they had a threesome or whatever. And the next thing, you know, like their relationship fell apart. That is where this comes from, right? It isn't that it was opening the relationship. It isn't that it was the threesome it not whatever its the problems that were
1: already there. there. Yeah. That yeah. were already there. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's here's the thing. It's true. No matter like what structure, of a relationship. There's going to be difficulties. There's going to be problems, things like that. But when we are dealing with the monogamous muggles, right? The last thing you want to do is, is be in a place where your relationship is struggling while they're working on accepting this unique thing, this thing that they're not familiar with. So it's really important to make sure that you are working on your relationship and that your relationship is in order when you're at that place of coming out, because you're going to have a spotlight on your relationship. The people in your life are going to be looking at these things and those struggles that, you know, are problems to begin with are going to look even worse and be ammo and be even harder to, uh, get your relationship accepted when they're going on
0: if you needed a good reason to fix your relationships other mm. than the fact that you really should fix your relationships and have better relationships and a better life. Yeah. Don't like, you don't want to be in a place where people are, I mean, I really, I feel like that's the, like, <laughs> I mean, really, like if you need another reason besides just the fact that you want to have good relationships and not be, you know, chewing your partner in peace and not be living a fraction of your life. Well, yeah. Like you don't want people judging you when you're already having problems going out because of the shit going on in your relationships. So yeah. there's that. I also want to add that you, you your life's just a lot better when your relationships are solid yeah. to begin with. So yeah. there's also that factor as well. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's just, just recognizing that like.
0: But if you needed another reason. Yes.
1: If you need another reason, but also, you know, it does, it makes things more complicated when you are struggling to come out.
0: Well, it does. No, um, it does. Because th- now they have justification for like, oh, your relationship's awful. Like you're arguing all the time. Like, you do don't love each other. Like you're blah, 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 blah. And you have another person involved. And that's why. Yeah. That's not why.
1: And most of the time it's not, right? Most of the time when you're having relationship problems, it's because you have those problems. And maybe there are problems from opening up and things like that that are unique, but a lot of the stuff there, like the arguing or the way you communicate, things like that, has very little to do with the relationships you know, that are going on outside of that other relationship. Right? Like, yeah. But that's not how they're going to see it. <laughs> That's just not how they're going to see it.
0: So if you want to get your relationships on a more stable footing, um, whether because you're coming out or just because you want your relationships on a better footing and stuff's not working and you want to have a better life and you want your partners to stop suffering and you to stop suffering, um, we can absolutely help with that. Go to a touch of flavor.com forward slash talk, right? Um, This is exactly what we help people do all the time, right? And, you know, you go there, like you go to that page and, you know, you'll see our calendar. You can pick a time, um, you know, that works for you. And then, you know, you go to a short application page, a lot of few questions that we have. And then we'll get on the phone with you at the time that you pick. And we'll really dive deep into what is going on to your relationship and where you want your relationships to be and how you can bridge that gap between the two and what the real problems are that are preventing you from getting there. Because most of the time for most people, it isn't what you think right? A lot of times people don't even really have a really good grasp on what the problems actually are. Like you think it's one thing and it's over here. So we can absolutely help you with that. And, uh, you know, absolutely happy to do that. Like I said, whether it is because, uh, you know, you want to fix your relationships or whether it's because you need some added incentive to fix your relationships. And it's, you know, you want to be able to come out and have your relationships be solid and stable and not give your family, give your friends, give those people that you're coming out to, um, ammo to jump on, about why this isn't working and why you shouldn't do it and how this is breaking your relationship down and all that. Right. Anything else you want to throw in there? No. So like we said, folks, listen, really at the end of the day coming out, it is, it can be a really touchy thing. It is a really touchy thing for a lot of people, right? Because there's a lot of feelings. There's a lot of risks. There's all of these things involved, but at the end of the day, you know, it's something that it doesn't have to be that hard. It is a problem that you'll run into. If you are non-monogamous long enough, if you're polyamorous more so long enough, right? If you have those relationships that are, are becoming a part of your life, right? Because eventually you'll hit a point where you'll hit a cap on growth. Like I said earlier, either because of the practical aspects of things or just because people don't want to let stuff grow anymore without feeling like they're acknowledged, right? But the real easy way to tell when you're at a point of coming out and who you should come out to is that rule we broke down earlier. Right. Which is you come out about a particular relationship to particular people when not doing so. would require you to exclude somebody from your life in a way that you otherwise wouldn't or to be dishonest. Right. Because being dishonest, you know, then we didn't really go into this. Right. But not just not just is that, you know, you, maybe a moral thing for you or things like that. Right. Um, but it also provides you, you know, like when you're you're being dishonest about things you know, that doesn't tend to be a one-time thing, right? Like it, that tends to build on itself and build on itself and build on itself and build on itself. And now, you know, you might've been in a position where that's, that's really difficult to clean up later. And now when you are having to clean that up, not only are you having to explain the non-monogamy and have that in the space with these people who you're in relationship with, but also why you were dishonest with them and it's just not worth it. Right? So as a general rule, at the point where you, you're at that place Right, where you are facing that decision between being dishonest and coming out. You want to choose the route of honesty, but there are certain things to take into consideration, right? Especially people's jobs, especially, you know, like people you may be relying on for support, and especially making sure, even the most important piece of all of it, making sure that everybody who you're going to be outing by coming out is consenting and is on the same page. All right, but with that, with the tools in here, like... You have what you need to come out successfully, which isn't to say it's going to be easy, right? But that's what you need to make it work, and this is what you need to know to make it work. And again, you're looking for help with your relationship, things like that. Reach out to us at touchslaver.com forward slash talk. Reach out, book that call. We're happy to help you. And with all that being said, until next time. Thanks for tuning into today's show. We release new episodes every week, so make sure to subscribe.
1: If you're ready to transform your relationship and you'd like to see if you're a fit to work with us, here's what I want you to do next. Head over to atouchofflavor.com forward slash talk and book an appointment to speak with our team. We'll get on the phone with you for about an hour, and we'll get you crystal clear on three things. What's really not working in your relationships, what your dream relationships would look like, and a step-by-step plan to close the gap and save your family even if nothing
0: has worked before. We talk with hundreds of non-monogamous folks like you every year, and here's the truth. Building loving, thriving relationships, that doesn't happen on its own. You need expert guidance, make that happen. And unfortunately, when you're building relationships outside the box, that's impossible to find. And we get it. But that's exactly what we do. We've helped clients all over the world save their families, get the passion back and become best friends again.
1: So if you want to see if we can help you do the same, head over to atouchofflavor.com forward slash talk. I'm Cassie.
0: And I'm Josh. Let's talk soon.